Welcome to the Think Christian Podcast, where we talk about faith and pop culture, because there's no such thing as secular. I'm Josh Larson, your host and senior producer over at thinkchristian.net. So it turns out that musical artists other than Taylor Swift and Beyonce were hard at work in 2023. As much as we love the two of them here at TC, we're going to spend some time highlighting different musicians in this Best Music of 2023 episode, the first of three shows dedicated to celebrating the best pop culture of last year. Eric Danielson, Catherine Freeman, and Abiel Chessy are going to be joining me for that conversation. But first, let's get to a pick from a listener. Josh Baylog, a regular contributor to these Best of the Year shows, he called out a specific song from 2023, the Arcadian Wild's Two Kinds. Let's listen to a bit of that now. That's Two Kinds from the Arcadian Wilds 2023 album, Welcome. Thanks for that pick there, Josh. Always good to hear from you. Okay, let's get to some more music and bring on Eric, Catherine, and Abby. I have a great group here with me to talk best music of 2023, Eric Danielson, Catherine Freeman, Abby Olchesi. Welcome to all three of you. Quickly at the top here, I thought it might be fun to learn something about each of you musically speaking by asking for a little peek at those year-end listening stats we get around now. Maybe it's Spotify wrapped, maybe Apple Music replay. There might be others. Um, Maybe you guys didn't do this and you'll just have to, you know, do your own stat keeping and report. But let me know who was the top 2023 artist for each of you. So the artist basically you listen to the most according to whatever streaming platform I'll just say right now, my, mine was Wilco. A little bit of a surprise to me, even though I do love Wilco. But I then realized, you know, we talked fairly recently about their album, Cousin. And I did have it quite a bit on repeat for that conversation here on the podcast. So it was Wilco for me. Who wants to go next with their top 2023 artist? Anyone know that off the top of their head, which one it was? Okay, so mine is like fairly obvious if you know me. <laughs> Like Taylor Swift and Beyonce, according to Spotify Wrapped. And then I listen to Nicholas Bertel quite a bit. I love his like soundtracking. So when I'm writing and doing schoolwork, Succession and really if Beale Street could talk are my two favorite sort of yeah, soundtracks yeah. to listen to when I'm working. That Beale Street score is amazing. Yeah. 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 It's nice to have kind of a movie scores in the mix there. All right, Eric, did you have a, a surprising or a, a familiar top artist? I- I did have a surprising, although the artist is very familiar. (laughs) I am slowly working my way chronologically through Bob Dylan's discography. Um, I am not a major Dylan head, but I wanted to like fill in the gaps this year. So I've made it all the way through the 80s, which, oh, those 80s albums are rough. But I know the (laughs) 90s are coming and they're going to be better. So Dylan was my number one. The artist that I'm going to be talking about more in a moment was my number two. And they were the little video that I got on my Spotify wrapped. I'm pretty positive Bob Dylan did no Spotify wrapped videos for anyone this year. So I can't imagine what that would have been like. 
Probably not, but I love that as a project. Very cool. How about you, Abby? So I kind of abandoned Spotify a couple of years ago and used Tidal, which doesn't do a great job of giving Mm. you a fun little statistic video at the end. But I do know I listen to a lot of Beyonce. I listen to a lot of Kate Bush. And I also listen to the Barbie soundtrack a lot. Um, Oh, yeah. Particularly The Man I Am, the Sam Smith track off that album, which I think is just hilarious and is just it's 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 a ray of goofy sunshine every time I hear it that and uh, I'm just Ken. Nice, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I love. All right. Well, let's get to our picks for our favorite albums of the year. We'll stick with you, Abby, here. You wanted to discuss Sufjan Stevens' Javelin. And according to my Apple Music Replay report, uh, this was, or at least Sufjan was, my 14th most listened to artist for me. So, so, you know, in the mix there. And I do concur, however, that Javelin, one of the music highlights of the year, what did, what did you love about this album? So first of all, I kind of need to describe this. Like, I, I want to put up a warning up front that, like, I wouldn't recommend listening to it end to end the way that I did this mm. morning in uh, in prepping for this, just because it is such an emotionally intense album. I described it to a friend as, like, kind of like the Ark of the Covenant. You can't look at it directly and you can only experience it in pieces. Um, okay. <laughs> it's... Uh, one of the things that I really like about uh, Sufjan Stevens as an artist, maybe the thing that I like the most, is his ability to combine work that is intensely personal with sentiment that feels really universal. And I think that Javelin is a just it's 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 excellent. It's excellent at encapsulating if you've followed his his posts in his life at all recently, the pain that he's clearly going through with the loss of his partner and the physical illness that he's been suffering recently, that that stuff is all there, but it's combined with this sense of heartbreak and world weariness and relational difficulty that I think is such, like, it it really spoke to me in terms of just being a really good illustration of how it feels to be a person right now (laughs) and how it feels to be a person of faith Mm -hmm. right now in a time of just immense doubt and pain and um, the world being kind of a difficult place is just like, how do we, how do we love each other? Well, how do we live each other, live with each other? Well, and how do we care for ourselves and each other in a time that is just so full of reckoning? Mm. Yeah. I think that is a good word of caution. This is an album that'll ring you out. So get ready for it. If you're going to sit with it in its entirety, we did write an article or we post an article about this album as well. at thinkchristian.net. Joel Mayward, wrote this and he paid particular attention to the song, Everything That Rises. Joel wrote this about that song. When Sufjan sings, everything that rises must converge, everything that rises in a word, I hear a double meaning. There is a momentary word as well as the eternal capital W word who became flesh and dwelt among us. Indeed, Stephen's song contains a direct cry to this word, Jesus lift me up to a higher plane. So that was Joel Mayward, and I'd love to hear, Eric, what what you made of this song or just Javelin in general. Yeah, I, I think that is absolutely one of my favorite tracks on the album. And I think I'm, I'm kind of in this weird place with Sufjan Stevens where I, I think a lot of folks who have inhabited church circles that are around my age, you know, he's kind of a a figurehead kind of an icon. And I've always been, I've always felt like I maintain a little bit more of a respectful distance with Sufjan that I I really appreciate his work, but I've never been quite as intensely, you know, wrapped up in it. And I think some of it for me is just like, and there are particular albums of his I love, especially I, I mean, I'm listening to his Christmas stuff all month this month. Sure. But 
I don't know if it's some of the imagery in the lyrics or even with the way like his vocals get recorded sometimes, but I, I feel like there is kind of a distance sometimes with his work. And I think mm. this one, just the way that, I mean, knowing the circumstances, the, the the personal nature of the lyrics, and I think the way the music is is mixed and recorded, it, it does clearly feel like his most personal record to me. And and songs like Everything That Rises or even Goodbye Evergreen that is such a just oh. stunner of an opener, <laughs> the way that he yeah. invites the, the backing vocals, the way they're recorded on this record, it's like he's inviting <laughs> everyone into these painful moments with him. It's almost like there's this kind of cloud of witnesses around him. And I think just that that give and take and that personal nature, it's its absolutely, I think, one of the best things he's ever done. Everything that rises must converge Everything that rises in a word Everything that rises must converge Everything that rises So I expected a Jesus reference on a Sufjan Stevens album, but not necessarily from Cleo Soul. Catherine, this uh, your pick is Gold, the 2023 album from Cleo Soul. Now, she was new to me, I should say, so maybe no one else was surprised, but I was basically going off the description of Gold, her album, in Apple Music. And based on that, I thought, uh, you know, there might be, I might get something vaguely spiritual, maybe, that this is what... They described the album as a spiritual offering from the British singer who has become a voice of big picture optimism and reassurance in the R&B and soul genre space. So I've got that in the back of my head, hit play, and then I'm listening to a track like Reason comes on, Catherine, and suddenly I hear in this this just beautifully chill, almost laconic voice that she has, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, so what do we have here, Catherine? Uh, tell us a little bit about Cleo Soul and and what you liked about Gold. Yeah, so she's an artist I discovered, I think, through Spotify, actually, and those playlists that they make based on other things that you listen to. And so my understanding, she was new to me this year, too. She is married to a British producer called Inflow, who has done a lot of work with Little Sims and Tiny Timpa. And his sort of influences, and I would say both, are they do point to a lot of like gospel and R&B sort of neo-soul influences. I think Inflow, my understanding is um, they both kind of grew up in sort of the sort of maybe like Pentecostal-esque church in Mm. the UK. And, but it's not, you know, like they're not obviously making... I don't think that she would describe herself as like a Christian artist. Um, she mm-hmm. would definitely say she's R&B and soul. And what I loved about the album is just I kind of the things that Abby said about Sufjan. Like, it just feels like this year, like this was a really tough year for me. Like personally, my father passed away and the album opens up, there'll be no more crying in that and her sort of voice of like, that it's both reassuring and kind of, I hear it as kind of like pleading for the, like, mm. that there will be no more crying. And that sort of like reminder, you know, there are like, of course, themes of like love, which are, you know, ubiquitous in R&B and soul. But just that idea of like, I feel like this moment in time that we're living in where it just feels like maybe for a lot of people that you're just like crushed on all sides, you know, and this sort of like 
both that the ways in which like love endures and perseveres in the midst of trying circumstances, but I think also too in the ways in which like this is ultimately not our home and like that sort of reminder of um, that there is a place where there is no like crying. And so, yeah, I just like loved her voice and Mm -hmm. be just also too, just like really, I think spoke to the moment for my life and just feels like the world that we're in, you know, that song, there will be no more crying. I think, you know, if you're having like a bad day or it's like a bad news day, (laughs) it's just a good reminder of like, where our hope ultimately lies and yeah, that you can, you know, that that is sort of an anchor in the midst of like a, of a storm. And so I think even just like reason, right? Like I can do all things through Christ on days where just like, I want to give up, but there, I can keep going. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. sort of comes across to me in a lot of her and a lot of the songs on gold which was part of like a double album um that she released i think heaven was the first one that came out maybe a month before which i didn't listen to as much but i think that there's sort of this theme across these two albums mm-hmm. in terms of like really what is eternal and what what matters and what's going to last yeah listening to gold it, it it does feel like a warm embrace but not in a cheaply sentimental or surface way and I think you you zeroed in on why, Catherine, there, when you said pleading is the tone given to that phrase, you know, there'll be no more crying because sometimes that can feel like a platitude yeah. when, you know, that verse may be read in church and, and people are receiving it differently. But there might be days where it's like, yeah, sure, but what good does that do me now, right? But yeah. it's that element of pleading in the phrase that that you hear on this music, as you say, that I think gives it an extra authenticity and a deeper comfort. Because yeah, I put this on, you know, since you told us it would be your pick, I've listened to it a couple of times. And each time I just would I kind of felt myself like the tension just going a little bit away as as the music was playing in a way that felt really authentic. So so Eric, I think you had mentioned that Cleo Soul was was somewhat new to you as well. Yeah, I feel like let me do this publicly. Catherine, I owe you a big thank you <laughs> for putting this on my radar because I, I had somehow missed it and I absolutely love this record. From a musical standpoint, I just really, I mean, her voice is great. I love how the arrangements are, if you listen to them, they are actually kind of busy, like the bass is doing a lot in this music, but it feels like there's a lot of space in the sound and it's a really cool kind of contrast. I mean, I really loved Reason that you mentioned. Things Will Get Better is like one of the cooler songs I feel like I've heard in a while. And I really love the way that she reframes, like we, you know, we hear in a lot of songs um, talk about like how we approach God. And that song starts with the idea of like, what if God called you at 5 a.m.? Like, would you get up and would you get on your knees and would you pray? Kind of like, what about how God approaches us? And what if he wakes you up in the middle of the night? And I just thought that was such a cool way of reframing kind of the way that we interact with prayer um, and interact with God. So yeah, I'm going to be going back absolutely and listening to this record um, from time to time because I think it's, I think it's really cool.
you make of this one abby yeah i agree this was this was a new to me as well and it was yeah it's it if so like if javelin is this like cathartic cry <laughs> um i feel like gold is the weighted blanket that you get after where it's just it's <laughs> oh, just pure like <laughs> reassurance and comfort and an acknowledgement that yes things are hard but that things can get better that you can do all things through through Christ who strengthens you. And, um, but yeah, like not in a platitudinal way in like almost like a word from a friend or a pastor or like somebody who knows you and loves you is, is how I felt listening to this. A, a weighted musical blanket. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that good. <laughs> All right. So that leaves us with, with your pick, Eric. And uh, it's something of a double album too. Uh, another, another artist, very busy putting out, two albums in one year. This comes from The National, both of these. Uh, tell us what was going on here, because maybe I'm wrong in this, but usually there's big gaps between national albums or, or fairly significant ones. But yeah. to have two in a year, two in one year seems unusual, at least. It is. And I and I wish I knew the backstory a little bit better. I, I feel like I don't have the history down. But yeah, um, first two pages of Frankenstein uh, in the spring and then Laugh Track in the fall, um, I think, you know, obviously from kind of similar sessions and there are similar guest artists like Phoebe Bridgers is on both records, whereas Sufjan and and a minor singer-songwriter named Taylor Swift on one of the others. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is interesting. And I, it's been interesting too to see how national fans have reacted because I think, you know, a lot of people have done the whole like, well, if we put together you know, songs from these two albums, we would have one perfect album instead of two that are maybe mm. a little messier. I've seen some, I think they're calling it Frankenstein laughs, some articles where people are like trying to piece together their perfect record. Sure. Um, I have been firmly in the camp of uh, first two pages of Frankenstein being my favorite of the two. And yet, laugh track, I have been playing kind of over and over for the last week or two. So we'll see, maybe my, my attitude will shift over the long haul. But I think, I think the first one is the best one of the two. Okay. Yeah, I've I've listened to them both, obviously, and I haven't fallen on one side or the other, but I've enjoyed both quite a bit. I just, uh, you know, Matt Berninger, lead singer, has got to have one of the most distinctive voices. It's, it's like this this burly whisper that I, you know, it almost feels like a put on. But if you listen to a whole album, it's like, no, this is just this is how this guy sings, and it's it's kind of amazing. Was there uh, was there a standout track from either album that that you wanted to highlight? Maybe a place people could start if they're feeling a little overwhelmed by facing two albums. Sure, I think for me the song that I keep going back to, and I don't I don't know if it's indicative or not, but from first two pages of Frankenstein is is the second track called Eucalyptus, and it's one I made a joke I think on social media at some point this year that my favorite. My new favorite genre of music is just Matt Berninger asking questions out loud because um, the song is a lot of like the verses are all what about this? What if I did this? But it's kind of this just him sifting essentially like what in my life at this point do I want to keep and hang on to and what do I need to let go of? And I for me, the national, I mean, I echo so much of what both Abby and Catherine have said about their picks. Like I, I, I often tell people the national kind of sound like the inside of my brain and I feel like as someone who is pretty anxious most of the time, that anxiety works both inside out and outside in, right? Um, where it, it sometimes starts with me, but often it also is coming in from, from what's going on in the world. And these guys just for me have always felt like 
oddly consoling in the way that they kind of lament and kind of sift through these things and try to figure out their own anxieties over the years. Um, and so for me, Eucalyptus, I mean, there are standout tracks across both records, but that's one I've come back to a lot because I feel myself kind of in the middle of those questions with him asking, you know, okay, the world is a hard place. I'm experiencing hard things. What What's worth keeping and what's worth discarding for the sake of of kind of living well and and being a good neighbor. So yeah, that's that's the song that I, I kind of keep coming back to. What if we move back to New York? What about the moon drop light? You should take it, cause I'm not gonna take it. You should take it, I'm only gonna break it. You should take it, cause I'm not gonna take it. You should take it, you should take it. What about the rainbow you now, our, our dad rock correspondent, Sarah Welch-Larson, she's not here to weigh in. Uh, she's going to be part of our Best of TV 2023 episode. But maybe, Abby, maybe, Catherine, you can do your best to fill in. Uh, were you able, Catherine, to give either of these albums a listen? So I listened to the first two pages of, of Frankenstein, and I think, you know, I'm just going to be honest, because of Taylor Swift, I, like, I feel like the, so Folklore and Evermore, her collaborations with Aaron Dessner is kind of what put him on my radar. I just kind of loved the work that they did to get in, together in terms of like songwriting. And so have kind of been trying to like go back and like listen to more of the national, but I didn't realize that they had released a second album this year, but first two pages of Frankenstein, I like loved. And the first one, because I think Taylor does her best work in terms of like songwriting, with Aaron Dessner, but I did, I love that song, Eucalyptus. I was actually listening to it yesterday and I just was like struck, I think for the same reasons with Cleo Soul, like the kind of questioning and like just being okay. I mean, I think too, as someone, I guess that has struggled with anxiety this last year, one of the things that's like helped me the most is like not trying to rush my way out of it. It just like that increases the anxiety. Mm, yeah. And so what I loved about the song Eucalyptus is just the encouragement to just like sit in intention and just like ask these questions. Like it's okay to just like sit and figure out like, what do I want to take? What do I want to leave? And like not, yeah, it just to me didn't feel rushed. And like that like reminder that it's okay to like be in a kind of questioning place and not like rush yourself to like some sort of certainty or yeah. Like if you're in a season of, you know, solitude or whatever, like that you don't have to like rush from that season to like this next better, greater thing. And so, yeah, I just, I did really love, I'm like new to dad rock. I probably <laughs> need to, like, I feel like Wilco is like the dad rock. I don't know. So I feel yeah, like maybe I should yeah. get into that next. <laughs> but I really, I, I really, I enjoy this album a lot. It's, it's outside of my normal genre. I really mm. love the songwriting. Yeah, you can, to your point, I feel like a lot of the music from the National, you can just sit in. It, it kind of washes over you. It's not in a hurry to get to a particular place. They kind of begin before you realize they're beginning. And sometimes they end before you realize they've ended in a good way. You know, it's just a very atmospheric experience. Where are you at, Abby, with with the National? Yeah, I mean, I've I've loved the National since Boxer, I think, which is, I, I think, kind of their breakout album. Like, that was the one where they were like, this is the best record of the year. And I was like, I've never heard of this band. And then, like, quickly got into <laughs> the whole thing. But the tracks that really stuck out to me on this album were, like, we've talked a little bit about, like, sitting in questions and, like, what do I want to keep and what do I want to get rid of? I think the things that, that struck me about this album were um, the things that 
that Matt Berninger as a singer is 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 keeping, <laughs> um, like is choosing to keep. So songs like mm. New Order T-shirt, which is just so vivid and wistful and a little bit sad, but also just like paints this very uh, strong picture of a relationship. Like you can see the rooms, you can see the stuff that people are wearing. You can get a sense of what it's like to be in that place with those people. And then also like, you know, there's dad rock in that there's rock for dads and then there's dad rock in that there is songs about being a dad. And uh, (laughs) I think Weird Goodbyes was that for me where uh, like he's very clearly talking about wanting to be present with his with his family and recognize all the changes that are happening and to be present, you know, like while he's bathing his kids, while he's driving in the car, while he's grieving something. And I like as somebody who like my my dad had a a health scare (laughs) recently in the last month. And so, yeah, questions of being present and being aware of the people that you love and that you want to keep close for as long as you possibly can um, was really resonant with me and kind of the odd way that it feels when there's risk of losing a person or being reminded of like the finite time that we have together and how to make the most of it is stuff that really hit hard for me for both those records. Mm. Well, Erica, I'll give you a final word since it wasn't there were two albums uh, to discuss here. Is there anything we missed or didn't touch on you wanted to to mention about either of these? I don't think so. Um, I, I should say uh, just as like this is I'm not trying to make this into some sort of uh, self plug, but I, I did have I wrote a poem that was published this year about the national and basically going off of the the you know the meme language of there are two wolves inside of you, and I just said mm. both of my wolves are Matt Berninger, um, so. <laughs> Uh, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate so much. Uh, it really touches my heart, both the things that Abby and Catherine said. And I think as someone, clearly I am, I am a dad and I'm kind of going through, you know, kind of a, a seminal stage in my own son's life. And I, I think like, like they both identified really well, like, you know, there's, there are particular anxieties that go along with that. There are particular fears. There are things that you really want to make happen for yourself, uh, to better yourself and also for your family. And it feels hard to manifest those things in the world that we live in. And so I just, it's it like I said. It's consolation to me. It's it's knowing that I'm not alone. It's you know, it's a sort of psalm language that you know says like, hey, someone else has felt this too, and and I just am grateful mm. for that always when I hear their stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that poem? Did you say? Can we find it somewhere? Can we yeah, um, it? I can send you a link. It's 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 a little bit difficult to find. It's in a print journal and it's in in the middle of a website. Uh, this this great uh, journal called Fevers of the Mind. They do a lot of music based issues. Um, there's okay. a swear. There's a swear in it, but I'm I'm just quoting the national. It's a national lyric, so um, you know, well, just, just just be thank warned. You, so thank you yeah. for that warning. I, I, as a dad, I have to you know, <laughs> okay. make sure people know. So yeah, there you go. Well, thank you to all three of you. This was some really lovely music you brought, and I like how it's kind of come and and work together. All all of this seems to be. You know, music that's raw in, in some ways, uh, in many ways, but but consoling maybe ultimately as well. So, so I love that. Uh, let's take a quick minute here, though, before we go. We want to share some other pop culture picks from 2023. All three of you watch a lot of stuff as well. So I would love to hear about a movie or a TV show that that was a highlight for each of you last year. Uh, Abby, what do you got for us? Yeah, um, I actually ended up watching a lot of TV this year just because... I was watching so many movies that watching stuff for fun became TV watching <laughs> most of the time. Um, okay. And I was super drawn to and impressed by uh, the limited series Mrs. Davis on Peacock. It is just like there's all kinds of interesting stuff about faith and free will in it, but it's also just creatively just this gonzo series where like 
wild stuff happens. And it it just it has a very like fun and playful and childlike sense of what is possible in uh, in narrative storytelling that I really hadn't engaged with, I think, since I was like in middle school, like a very young person. Mm. And so it was really exciting mm. and refreshing to see that given a budget and a place to live. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that you can't quite believe exists. And it's, yeah, it was a delight. Nice. So that's Mrs. Davis. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Uh, how about you, Eric? I don't, I'm curious to see what face Abby's going to make about this because she's uh, she's interviewed this person before. But this is the year that I really dove deep into the what I will call the Joe Paraverse, um, the Joe Para universe, the the uh, the comic. I binge watched the series. The series is a couple years old now. It's 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 not uh, being made anymore. But I binge watched his series. Uh, Joe Para talks with you on Max this year, and then he released a stand up special called Slow and Steady. I don't know how to describe Joe Parra to you if you don't know who he is. He is like an old man in a young man's body who does just like plays with that persona so beautifully in his show and in his stand-up. And there's just this like subversive Midwestern kindness to his work that I just absolutely love. And that was kind of my weighted blanket this year. I mean, the guy literally does podcasts about talking you to sleep because he's so slow and quiet and gentle. Um, and he plays with that persona a little bit in his stand-up special to the point of like, saying some for Joe, some bodier things, um, but then has to come back and, and basically like explain it away like he had had too much caffeine or something. Like there's no way he could have been like that without, you know, some some outside agent. Um so anyway, Joe Perra has been a great bomb to me uh this year and I'm I'm thankful for him. So and I just want to jump in and say that I uh I saw Joe Perra on I think that that tour, the and uh it was one, delightful. Um, he was described by uh, Dan Licata, his opener and uh, frequent collaborator, as your neurodivergent king, which I thought was delightful and very accurate. Um, and I think early on in the show, and I don't know if this is in the special or not, but I thought it was great that uh, he he mentioned, like, maybe you came because you wanted to see what it was like to see Rick Steves do stand-up. And I was like, that's it. That's, yes. that's the descriptor. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. He absolutely mentions that, yeah. That leaves you, Catherine. Uh, do you have a TV or a movie pick for us? Yes. So this is kind of cheating. So my movie pick would be The Renaissance. I think mm-hmm. personally, I went and saw on tour and it just, as someone who has had a hard year and yeah, the just sort of unfiltered like joy, the excellence, I think that like the tour is that for her. She talks a lot about like that doing this tour for her and she doesn't have to prove herself to anyone. And I think that like came through. Um, so I definitely would pick, that would be my like cheat. And then my like real thing, um, is Apple TV slow horses. I don't actually watch, I didn't watch a lot of TV this year, but I love like British spy and it's just perfect. Like Gary Oldman is just perfect. Like he's grumpy. He's clearly smells bad. You can tell that through the TV. (laughs) And it's like funny that everyone else in the series is always running and he walks everywhere, like very, just like a self-possessed man. And it's about sort of where they send um, MI5 MI5 agents that mess up and they go to this house, they call it Slow House. Um, But somehow they always find themselves in the middle of some big spy hullabaloo um but it's great character work and it's super interesting and riveting and i i really enjoy this show well that's good to hear because i think we're gonna have a tc post fairly soon here on on that series robert hubbard was so hoping to write something for us so So, yeah well thank you again to all three of you good 
to be able to talk together and uh, yeah, look forward to doing a lot more of it in 2024. Yeah. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. We're just getting started with these best of 2023 episodes of the podcast. Next up, we'll be talking TV. And then after that, we'll move on to film. We'd still love to hear some of your picks for the best of the year in all of these categories. You can always email us at tcpodcast at thinkchristian.net. On social media, look for us on Facebook and Twitter slash X. We're at thinkchristian. And if you want to make sure never to miss one of our articles that we publish regularly, a couple each week, you can subscribe to receive our emails at thinkchristian.net slash subscribe. Now, for our YouTube viewers, you missed out on a lot of the music we talked about on this show. We're going to be publishing a full list of all our picks for the episode, listeners' picks as well, some others that were submitted via email, and you can find that at thinkchristian.net. We'll also link to that list in the show notes for this episode. The Think Christian Podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Reframe's audio engineer and post-production supervisor is John Reeder, and Reframe's co-director overseeing content strategy, that's Robin Vaseline. I'm Josh Larson. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in about a week or so to celebrate the best TV of 2023 as we continue to consider how another corner of our pop culture fandom connects with our faith.